0: Hello there, I'm D-Ready, and welcome to Scale by Intercom. Scale is a dedicated space on the Intercom blog, where you can find a wealth of materials, including podcasts, of course, that explore how businesses are driving growth through customer relationships. Our guest this week is Nate Brown, Chief Experience Officer at Officium Labs and the co-founder of CX Accelerator, which is a virtual community for customer experience professionals. Nate has over a decade of experience helping business leaders and employees create powerful end-to-end customer journeys. Our chat with him covers how today's customers expect companies to help them achieve their version of success quickly, seamlessly and personally. It's no longer enough to just fix problems as they arise. Support needs a more proactive and holistic approach these days. It's a really interesting conversation where Nate explains how to tune into the voice of the customer, how traditional customer support evolved to become customer experience, and how the right approach can really be the ultimate brand differentiator. So let's head over to the studio and hear from Nate. You're very welcome along to the show today, Nate. To kick things off, can you give us a bit of insight on your background and how you ended up setting up CX Accelerator and also, of course, working at Officium Labs?
1: Sure thing. Well, hello, Dee, and thank you so, so much for having me. I've been very excited for this interview. So I come from a customer service background and, and people ask, well, what's the difference between customer service and customer experience? And well, customer service is really where there's something that broke and you have to go fix yeah. it. Whereas customer experience is that holistic journey of looking at the customer life cycle so started in that that break fix mode of wow you know we got to go fix this we got to go play defense and loved that did that at ul for many 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 years and then moved more towards this idea and this concept of customer experience and started the first true customer experience program there and just had some great success with that and learned so much as part of that cycle and then uh, realized wow you know we need to we need to get more people motivated and engaged and excited about this and started cx accelerator a few years ago which has been just a a really fun journey of, of bringing cx professionals together and just encouraging them and equipping them with knowledge and then just at the very very beginning of this year joined officium labs as their chief experience officer and have been able to take all of this learning to the next level through the great things that we're getting to do at officium labs
0: Fantastic. Yes, because you were at UL for 11 years, which is almost unheard of in our industry.
1: Yeah, it was fun because you know, I came in on the front lines. I was selling postage meters before that in Jacksonville, <laughs> Florida, and I uh, just came into this customer service role and didn't really know exactly how I'd take to it or how I'd like. I loved it. I love supporting the customers on what, what was called learning management software and just really found my niche in, in enjoying that and then w- was able to take ownership of that team. And then we acquired different organizations into our service organization. So suddenly we had an occupational health system and an employee health piece of software. So like three distinct teams at that point. Wow. And just the complexity of that and then being acquired by UL in 2011. And all of a sudden that just opened up all this, these possibilities and doors of, of different connections to be able to make. And it was a really fun journey at, at that organization.
0: Brilliant, and it's funny. There's something that you said a little bit earlier there, where you talked about, and we'll talk loads more about this a little bit later on. But you did mention kind of that change from customer service yeah. or or support to customer experience. It's almost like it's emerging as a much as a much richer discipline than perhaps when you started off.
1: Mm, yeah, well stated, and it is interesting how. Even even as new as the work is, I mean, the CXPA itself has only been around since 2011, but it's amazing how much it's evolved just in these past mm. five or six years in terms of the scope of the work. You know, it, it used to just be, let's get a good voice of customer program in place and be able to give the business insights into what the customer journey looks like. Now it has evolved well beyond that into the CX leaders responsible for the change management aspect of... Mm. Those, those things that are identified as part of that voice of customer engine, and now it's emerged into the scope of employee experience and brand experience, and there's a huge marketing component in terms of the way we set expectations to the, to the outside world. So, I mean, the, the work continues to grow, which, I mean, for somebody like me, I, I just love it. <laughs> well, of course, but no, it's,
0: it's great. And it's certainly something that we think a lot about in Intercom. But let's talk a little bit more about CX Accelerator, which you were a co-founder of. You guys build yourselves as a kind of community for customer support professionals. So you offer a Slack community and a variety of online resources, all of which are great, by the way, to support them and to help them further their careers. To start off with, why do you think that community is so important for CX professionals in particular, more so than perhaps in other jobs?
1: Yeah, I think we all belong in community. And and the things that matter to us the most on a personal and professional level, those things are enhanced when we can do them together with other people that we really love and enjoy being around. So that that same philosophy can apply very much to customer experience or any field, but I think especially to customer experience because, number one, it's so rich in terms of the people doing this work, the uh, ability for people to welcome you in to customer experience and to truly want you to be successful and to grow this work inside of organizations across the world. There is more of that welcoming atmosphere in the work of CX than any other thing I've ever been a part of. So I just love how ripe that field is Mm. to come in and be able to harvest. But then number two, this work is really hard. I mean, and and part of it is that expanding scope aspect. But I mean, it's hard to be able to to prove and demonstrate the value of CX work in a measurable way. It's hard to run the marathon that is customer experience change because it just takes so long and there's so many complexities to it. So when, when you're alone in an organization doing this work or, or, or sequestered with a small team that really know and understand and love CX, it, it's going to burn down on you. It, it's going to weigh heavy on you, the burden that you're bearing. And, and you need to have creative energy and excitement coming from outside of your organization, coming from a great community like CX Accelerator. If you're going to keep that energy up and keep thinking creatively, about how you can evolve the experience for your customers.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And one thing kind of strikes me out of what you said there, you mentioned kind of, you know, working alone or in a small team. Do you think with everything that's happened in 2020, that 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 sense of community or that ability to engage with the community is really more important now more than ever?
1: I would agree with you. um, It's been difficult, Dee, in terms of engagement, uh, because I think, it was funny. At first, the engagement went way up, mm. and, and a lot of people's traditional communities were no longer able to gather. So people sought that sense of community in virtual channels. Well, that that soured pretty quickly for a number of people because it was so overwhelming having 12 Zoom calls every day and, oh, and this and that and the other. And, and I do feel like in the in the past couple of months, people have really shifted to almost just kind of locking themselves away in, in a kind of a, a form of isolation in some regard and just seeking out smaller touch points in terms of trying to continue that sense of community in their own in their own more private ways that are more sustainable for them. But even more recently than that, I feel like people are kind of shifting back and opening their minds again. Uh, uh, many of the, the previous concepts of community are reopening again and people are kind of coming back the the old life that they had and the new life that they developed under the pandemic, those are kind of coming together now and people mm. are finding a new way and And virtual communities very much have a place in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably they've become valuable in and of themselves rather than just being something that you're using to replace being able to, to be in more social
1: environments. Bingo. And especially when you have something like customer experience, it's very difficult to get a whole lot of creative energy going locally as the local lead for our cxpa chapter i'm in nashville one of the greatest most creative wonderful cities on the planet and and it's it's kind of difficult to get cx professionals together in person we've had some wonderful events but as far as doing it on a very regular basis it sure makes it a lot easier when we can we can break through geographic barriers And bring people together from other parts of the world, which are doing customer experience very differently. And we have so much to learn from them. So I I love our ability to break beyond local communities into the virtual space when it comes to CX.
0: And to that end then, like, what advice would you give to people who might be now managing a remote CX team, whereas before they would have been used to a management style where they were able to have everybody in the same room or at the very least building?
1: Well, I would begin my my advice to that individual by saying, brush up on your Simon Sinek lore, uh, because Simon Sinek has so much incredible wisdom on laying the foundation of trust with that team. And your five dysfunctions of a team uh, by Patrick Lencioni is one, mm-hmm. where you just, you have to have that foundation of trust there before a virtual team or any team can move forward together in a healthy way. So that needs to be there. Second, when it, when it comes to that virtual team, it's time to trust people in the sense of you can't manage by butts and seats anymore. It's not about did sh- somebody show up for work. It's more about have we created good, engaging work for them, and now have we given them the ability to do it well? And, and your, your job as a, as a remote manager is eliminating hurdles. It's making sure that knowledge is readily available, that tools are working well so that people are free to serve, as Jenny Dempsey and Leslie O'Flanagan would say with their their hashtag free to serve movement. People want to be able to do the right thing for customers, but so often they're prohibited from being able to do that because tool sets, knowledge curation, uh, resource, lack of availability, things happen inside of the organization that can essentially make them a victim of the things that are going on and procure them from being able to serve their customers well. So your job as that remote leader is to make sure the work is good and fun and engaging and that you've aligned it to the thing that makes your organization really distinctive and unique. Make sure that there's that excitement and energy around the work itself and then free them up, take those barriers away and then trust them, trust them to do the right thing. And and if they're not, then your, your job as the leader becomes wow, th- this person is now potentially a barrier to our success. We need to be courageous and bold uh, and remove those impediments as well. Uh, because as, as Petra Coaching would say, A players don't play with C players for long. And if you allow C players to fester on your team, it's your A players that are going to leave. <laughs> so, hmm. so you have to be aggressive in terms of bringing that talent level up and and not allowing uh, those that, that are not going to be a part of the team in the way they need to be, not allowing them to bring down everybody else around them.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point because I think previous to, to now, a lot of organizations just naturally would have rewarded presenteeism over right. you know genuine hard graft. And I think this has been almost a, a sort of a forcing of re-looking at that. But a lot of what you've just stri- described there is actually around the employee experience, which is a very holistic approach to take what are the four tenets that you've you've and i've i've seen and heard you talk about this before but the four tenets that you advise cx leaders to implement within their team one of them obviously being employee experience
1: yeah when when i wrote the cx primer d uh, i was really looking for a very simple and accessible way for somebody to approach the customer experience field and to get an initiative going and off the ground so this has been inspired by bruce tepkins model uh, some of the CXPA work that's out there, Jean Bliss in her brilliant book, Chief Customer Officer 2.0, as well as several other sources that are out there. Uh, but I really believe if, if you think about strategy and leadership, how can we set this thing up for success and develop a CX changed coalition? That is your first stage. Number two, voice of customer. Let's stop assuming we know what our customers need and start making changes before we get those insights locked in. Let's get really smart about what would definitely 100% improve the lives of our customers and which ones would improve it the most. Only when we have that level of transparency can we move to phase three, experience engineering. Let's tap into a really good, strong change management methodology. Let's unite the organization around a common language, as Jerry Leisure would say, the CEO of Officium. Let's bring people together under a common language of change so that we can unlock people's ability to participate in the work of CX. And then all of this rests on the critical foundation of the employee experience. As Annette Franz would say, a CX change is culture change. You can't change the thoughts and mentalities and behaviors we have towards our customers without first looking in ourselves and creating the type of experience that we can then mirror, that we can give as a gift to our customers from an authentic employee experience that is first created.
0: Yeah, that final piece is just so interesting to me because so often on the podcast, we've actually chatted with CX leaders about the importance of supporting your support team. Hmm. But what you've described there though, it, those four strategies or tenets, they're almost what takes you from customer service to customer experience. I guess that that gives you the full-scale end-to-end sort of business strategy that allows you to make sure your employees are happy and your customers are happy and everything in between is in sync and working. Do, do you think to, in order to keep the team happy that it's it's important to see that change between customer service and customer experience because it's, it's this new, much more exciting discipline and people have, I, I guess more scope for growth and, and, and long-term goals within it, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, what a, what a great talking point on that, D. I I think that the, the work of customer service is so important and will continue to be so important indefinitely. I mean, the effortless experience makes this really clear. I mean, you get to be the defensive team of the organization. Mm. When, when something falls out from the customer experience that we designed, there has to be a team there to catch it. And, and that mitigation of damage will always be a, a critical part of the overall CX journey. But we don't want to procure or limit the customer service team from also participating in that larger design thinking capability that exists with customer experience work. Let's not just have the agent be there as a victim of volume, (laughs) where all they do is take the same problem again and again and again. Let Let that agent Think creatively and explore what a better experience could look like where they can pull that friction out forever to where that call doesn't have to happen because the customer does not want to have to call you or live chat you or go on your self-service portal. they just rather not have a problem. And, And so often it's the customer service team that knows how to solve that better than anyone else and can unite the organization around that solution. So allow them to be a part of that work and not just sitting there solving the same problem again and again, let them solve the problem on a macro level and solve it forever. That is such a good
0: point. And it actually ties in really nicely with something we've been talking about for a while here in Inchcom, which is the conversational support funnel. And mm. one of the elements to that is actually what, what we would call proactive support. So, yes. as you say, not just waiting for somebody to put up their hand and say that there's something wrong, but actually trying to anticipate what barriers they might meet along the way and move them out of their way before they get there.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, that's what that's what customer service looks like in yeah. the age of the customer. I mean, let's think about where the where the customer could experience friction, or even, even if it's not friction, could experience something better. And yeah. let's guide them to their definition of success. As the story brand says so well, Donner Miller's the story brand, we get to be the guide to the customer and guide them towards whatever success looks like for them. So we first have to understand what their definition of success really looks like, understand it so well <laughs> that we can anticipate it and we can bring them there. And then the customer service team can become very strategic in the way that it interfaces with customers.
0: And as you describe this, Nate, I mean, surely then uh, discipline like this benefits from diversity of disciplines or areas of study that people might have had, because there's a certain amount of hmm. being able to wear many caps. But I do wonder, this is actually something that came up with a recent guest where we we were talking to them about the fact that Harvard or Yale don't have a professor of sales. But Why is there no similar course for CX?
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's baffling to me. I mean, the way that sales happens is through extremely good customer experiences. Mm. <clears throat> That's how we earn the right to grow. Well, they go the so hand in hand, yeah. Entirely and completely. So it is fascinating to me. I mean, Rutgers University, Stacey Sherman is on the board for that program. There are a few, uh, Dan Gingis actually has a collection on his site of, of institutions and universities that have provided CX programs. So there are some that are waking up to this, but the world of academia is slow to adopt customer experience. And um, yeah, there, there's a few theories I have on that. There's, there's a number of industry leaders that feel like customer experience is a passing trend in terms okay. of the words, customer experience. And, and the, the principles will always be there, but we might likely call this something else in the future. I, I'm, I'm certainly of the mind that the customer experience is only going to continue to grow in the scope and impact that we have inside of the organization. And, and I think we will see more and more universities and more uh, academia um, and individuals waking up to how critical this is. I mean, there there's so many areas that we can enter CX from. And one of the most interesting is psychology. Yes. Because when we think about what CX is, it's the thoughts and perceptions that somebody has towards the brand, according to Forrester. So you you don't get to, to Enhance perceptions until you can understand where those perceptions come from. So that, that whole psychological background, I mean, I wish I had that. I, I would be a much better CX professional if I had done a psychology major in, in my college studies, and, and I still might go back and do that someday.
0: Well, I know that CX Accelerator did do a survey for CX professionals to find out what course they'd done or had wished they'd done. Yeah. And psychology was was one of the ones that was up there. Maths was also there. But do you think on some level, though, that it benefits as a discipline from having this diversity of thought oh, and yeah. all these people from such
1: varied backgrounds? It's It's a requirement. I mean, it's so yeah. easy for us to design to the mainstream <laughs> and, and try and just make this as easy as it can be in terms of, well, here's our biggest, most simple to understand group of customers. Let's just design it for them. And also we have the propensity as a CX team. If, if we have people that are the same in terms of the their background, their way of thinking, they're, they're only going to be able to see a very small piece of the customer journey that is being experienced. <laughs> You just you you have to be able to see more, and be able to truly empathize with what your customers are going through. And if you have different customers representing different backgrounds and, and groups, then you need to have those groups represented behind the scenes in terms of those people that are helping you to design your CX strategy. Uh, so I love Sherry Kindle on this topic; has helped me so much in these past two years, and, and she leads inside of CX Accelerator. A channel called inclusive cx which has been very helpful for me to think about just to see my own limitations in Mm. terms of this is the way i view the world but this is not the way the world is for everyone else (laughs) and it when i'm designing an experience i have to bring people around me that can see differently from from how i see so that we can be really smart about what we create together that's going to reduce friction in ways that I would never be able to anticipate.
0: Yeah, because I think we think about that quite a lot, or we certainly have in the last few years in tech, but it's it's usually focused on having diversity of your, your product people, not necessarily your CX people, but it, it makes sense that it should follow.
1: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be one to endorse. Well, you, you need to have a, a CX team of hundred people and, and every single background. <clears throat> what what you're doing is you're taking that same product team, you're taking the the diversity that already exists inside of your organization, and you're bringing CX to them. I, I love talking about how doing CX work. It's it's not you as the CX leader going out and doing CX on behalf of the organization because you have very little impact. That way, hmm. what what you do, you're the evangelist. You're bringing CX work to everybody else inside of the organization and helping to awaken them to the power of what serving customers well does for them and does for the business. So when we do that, we can bring all these individuals from different parts of the organization, representing that diversity, both in in uh, gender and race, but also in in terms of organizational function. And the way they view the customer in that regard, we we get all these different perspectives as part of our CX strategy and design, and and we're all better for it.
2: Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode one is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt or die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post AI world, new companies will rise. Old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever the world we care about is customer service and it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete we're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too it's not just a product change it's a mindset change let's make space to talk about all of this we have so much we want to share We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right? And see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode.
0: It strikes me, Nate, that, you know, so there was a a piece actually that you guys referenced on your your website by Shep Hyken, I think, that was in Forbes. And it said that today, 89% of companies compete primarily on the basis of customer experience, which is up from just 36 in 2010. Hmm. I'd love to know what you think has brought about this change in only 10 years.
1: Yeah, the Dell CIO, CIO Jerry, had the, the, the quote um, that CX is the next competitive differentiator. I think he said that like five years ago. I don't, I don't think he had any idea how correct he would be. <laughs> and, and one of the, the symptoms of this, one of the, the illuminating factors is, is the incredible rise of the customer success function and terminology. Sure. So, I mean, if we think about the way we used to do sales, it was all about acquisition. Let's go out and get ourselves more customers. Let's say whatever we have to say on our website to make people think that we can do this certain thing, and then let's go get them. And now, I mean, customers are burned out on false promises that we put out on our websites from the early 2000s. <laughs> so the, the entire mentality towards sales and marketing had to change towards authenticity. And, and Denise Leone is the most brilliant author on this topic in her book, Fusion talking about how authenticity of experience and authenticity of culture is what powers the world's best organizations from a sales standpoint and everything else in terms of we promised this thing, we set this expectation with our customer and we were able to deliver on it because our CX design was here and our culture supported it. So consistently, we can deliver on these promises that we make. That's the type of brands that are gobbling up market share. That's how CX becomes a competitive differentiator because those organizations that have been out here before making claims that they couldn't support through great CX design, their customers have alternatives now and they are leaving those organizations to find a company that they can trust to deliver a good, consistent experience.
0: And speaking then, I guess, about that consistency of experience, like coming into 2020, I think a lot of uh, CX professionals would have considered AI was going to be the big game changer for the, the next year or the next decade. Sure. Um, obviously, the events of the last um, many months have really accelerated that. What do you think that this technological advancement means for
1: the future? And why is it important for companies to maybe be investing in that now? One of the greatest things that AI and machine learning has brought us in the work of customer experience is a dramatically enhanced voice of customer capability. Mm. Suddenly, we can take all these customer transactions that that we that we've always had, but we could never get a good idea of what the customer actually felt about that transaction. Now we can get an automated form of customer sentiment on a phone call, on a live chat interaction on a self-service portal navigation, we, we can take that experience, we can look at it very clearly and tra- transparently and be able to see, did the, did the customer feel great about this experience or was there friction there that resulted in them not being able to achieve their objective? So we can see more, we can measure better the work of CX than we ever could before because of what AI has brought in these past couple of years. But also just even the customer interaction itself and going from what used to, we just called a knowledge base <laughs> to now we mm. have these incredibly robust and interactive knowledge components where uh, knowledge is being queued up and delivered in ways that we could have never dreamed of. It, it's amazing how much that frees up the organization to be more proactive, be more strategic, and not just have to have an entire team of people queuing up that knowledge anymore.
0: Well, exactly, and it allows actual humans to kind of step
1: in at the appropriate juncture when they're genuinely needed by the customer. Exactly. I mean, we can we can dream, we can we can talk through something exciting and creative with that customer, and instead of just answering a basic remedial question, and, and that's just the start. I mean, that's kind of the the table stakes today in terms of more transactional information. But I mean, with conversational AI, it is incredible and fascinating how. Uh, we can even dream and start to get creative in in those self-service conversations too um so i mean that that human gets to come in and really think through what's the next thing that this customer might experience and and how can we guide them more proactively towards next issue avoidance or towards next next stage enhancement in terms of this would really add value to the customer that's what the person gets to do in, instead of just being there to to answer the question
0: I love that idea of dreaming with your customer. It's very nice. What other technologies then do you think will be important in this space that perhaps haven't emerged at the same scale yet?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're just going to see more and more in this voice of customer space in terms of the way we collect and measure the experience across all the different touch points. I'll give the example of brands now asking on your cell phone to record a quick 15 to 20 second testimonial about what your experience was with them and, and the ability to take that and to use your tone of voice, to use your facial expressions, to get a form of customer sentiment like we never could before and to use those those cool little videos to be able to really motivate and inspire your employees internally to be able to look at the customer in the, in the face and be able to be mm. like, wow, we really caused a lot of pain for this person or look what we did Look, at, we made this person's day by creating this thing, and, and it's just really motivating and empowering to be able to have that type of voice of, of, of customer capabilities that are jumping off the page. As long as we do it in a way that is uh, <laughs> um, adhering to privacy laws and, and that our customers are comfortable with, I, I think our ability to reach into the hearts and minds of our customers and be able to understand them, that type of technology is going to in, it continue to grow greatly in the next two years.
0: Sure. And it allows your, your CX people then to be more empathic in how they deal with people.
1: Yes. Well said.
0: Okay. Well, look, before we finish up then, Nate, one thing that we love to ask guests, and you've referenced so many great books already, and we can link to all of them. Um, but we like to ask whether there's a leader or a person in their discipline that they aspire to or are inspired by. Is there, is there anyone that jumped out for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, th- there are so many uh, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say um, Karen Hurt right now. Okay. Um, she wrote this book called Courageous Cultures alongside David Dye. And, and the premise of this is getting everybody in the organization participating in meaningful transformation. <laughs> so instead of the leaders going in and, and in a vacuum saying, this is what we need to do, this is how we need to do it, let's go out and tell everybody, it's no, let, let's, get our, let's get our entire staff dreaming and participating in how we can fulfill our mission together even better and, and have them helping to drive that and be a meaningful part of that change. Um, I I just think it's so brilliant. And I think it would really help all of us to do CX work a lot better if we allowed our employees to participate in it more, both in the innovation and in the execution. That sounds
0: really, really interesting. I I love that I'm getting essentially a really good reading list out of this interview (laughs) as well as everything else. (laughs) Lastly then, Nate, um, where can people keep up
1: with you and your work? Yeah, would love for you to follow us at officiumlabs.io. We've got some great things that we're we're putting out in terms of of resources and and helpful things to bring you along as a CX professional. Would love for you to join CX Accelerator as well. And uh, on Twitter, I'm at Customer Is First, and would love for you to to connect with me there as well. Super. Well, listen, it's been such a pleasure chatting to you today.
0: Thanks for joining us on the show.
1: Thank you, D. Thank you, everybody.
0: We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Nate Brown. If you did, we'd love you to give us a review. It helps like-minded people like you find our content. We'll be back next week with another episode of Inside Intercom. It's an in-depth discussion between our own CEO, Karen Peacock, and our co-founder, Des Trainer. We do hope you'll join us. This
1: is Inside Intercom.